Hello and welcome to The Poetry of Science, a podcast which provides insight into new scientific research via the medium of poetry. I'm your host, Dr. Sam Illingworth, and each week I'll be introducing you to some of the latest scientific findings and sharing a selection of science-themed poetry. This episode explores new research which has found, for the first time, traces of the iron-60 isotope in Antarctic snow, the origins of which have been shown to come from supernova events. Beneath pristine packs of southern snow, echoes of a violent past lay scattered, lost amongst the landscape like fragments of half-remembered ancient dreams. These imprints of impossible ferocity permeate the permafrost with their sparse, unnatural presence. Carefully we sieve the frozen dust, shaking out terrestrial impurities to catch these tiny specks of interstellar intolerance. Blushing beneath the sudden light from a brash and unfamiliar star, these tiny ferrous needles fall from frigid haystacks, their secrets undressed beneath our cool and unrelenting gaze, peeling back their aged, translucent skin to reveal their buried ancestry, a cast-off from the cloud of loss and broken stars that we unwittingly call home. This poem is inspired by research published in Physical Review Letters, which has discovered the rare isotope iron-60 in Antarctic snow for the first time. While most of the iron in the universe is iron-56, a stable isotope which has a nucleus made up of 26 protons and 30 neutrons, a small proportion is made up of iron-60, an unstable isotope with 34 neutrons in each nucleus of the atom. There are no natural terrestrial sources for the iron-60 isotope and it most likely originates from supernova, i.e. exploding stars that release huge amounts of energy and scatter material across the universe. The first detection of the iron-60 isotope on Earth was found in the seafloor of the Pacific Ocean over 20 years ago and during this study researchers predicted that these traces of stellar explosions would also be found in the unspoilt environments of Antarctic snow. In this new study, researchers collected 500 kilograms of snow from Antarctica and upon analysis found a total of five iron-60 atoms in the sample. Whilst there are no natural sources of iron-60 on the Earth, the researchers still needed to account for non-natural sources of the isotopes, such as from nuclear power plants and nuclear weapons tests. However, by estimating how much iron-60 could be produced by nuclear reactors, tests and accidents like the 2011 Fukushima disaster, the researchers concluded that the number of iron-60 atoms released by these events and making their way to Antarctica would be much smaller than the amount that they actually detected. Furthermore, by studying additional isotopes like manganese-53, they ruled out any significant contributions from cosmic rays, which can also generate iron-60 when they interact with dust and meteorites. The results of this analysis therefore indicate that the iron-60 detected in the Antarctic snow does indeed come from supernova explosions. 
the researchers also located the probable source of the stardust as coming from the local interstellar cloud, a region roughly 30 light years across, which likely formed from exploding massive stars and through which our solar system is currently moving. Only stars tens of times more massive than our sun can create iron isotopes, such as iron 60, during the nuclear fusion that occurs in the core, meaning that the iron 60 that was found in Antarctica originates from outside the solar system and was scattered here by a supernova, one that was not so near as to kill us, but not so far away as to be diluted in space. Future research, including the analysis of ice cores that reach deeper and older dust, could probe further into the past and could reveal more information about when this interstellar dust started sprinkling down onto our planet. Now that you've heard the science, let me read the poem to you again. Beneath pristine packs of southern snow, echoes of a violent past lay scattered, lost amongst the landscape like fragments of half-remembered ancient dreams. These imprints of impossible ferocity permeate the permafrost with their sparse, unnatural presence. Carefully we sieve the frozen dust, shaking out terrestrial impurities to catch these tiny specks of interstellar intolerance. Blushing beneath the sudden light from a brash and unfamiliar star, these tiny ferrous needles fall from frigid haystacks, their secrets undressed beneath our cool and unrelenting gaze, peeling back their aged translucent skin to reveal their buried ancestry, a cast off from the cloud of lost and broken stars that we unwittingly call home. In this section of the podcast, I'd like to share a poem written by another poet on a topic related to the science that has been discussed so far. In this episode, I'll be reading The Black Stars by Primo Levi, translated into English by Ruth Feldman and Brian Swan. Primo Levi was an Italian Jewish chemist and author who was also a Holocaust survivor. Levi lived from 1919 to 1987 and his most famous work is probably The Periodic Table, a collection of short stories published in 1975 and which presents autobiographical episodes of the author's experiences as a Jewish-Italian chemist under the Italian fascist regime. In 2006, the Royal Institution of Great Britain named it the best science book ever written. In this poem, Levi asks us to consider the magnitude of the universe and our position in it, drawing our attention to black holes, which are formed following particularly massive supernova events. The Black Stars by Primo Levi let no one sing again of love or war. The order from which the cosmos took its name has been dissolved. The heavenly legions are a tangle of monsters. The universe blind, violent, strange, assails us. The sky is strewn with horrible dead suns, dense sediments of mangled atoms. 
Only desperate heaviness emanates from them. Not energy, not messages, not particles, not light. Light itself falls back down, broken by its own weight. And all of us human seed, we live and die for nothing. The skies perpetually revolve in vain. Thank you for listening to the Poetry of Science. If you want to find out more about the scientific study featured in this episode, or read any of the poems in full, then please visit the show notes at scipoetry.podbean.com. That's scipoetry.podbean.com, where you can also find out how to get in touch with any questions or comments you might have. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.